Good morning, everyone. And good morning to everyone on Zoom. It's so wonderful to be here. Let's open in prayer. Lord, I just want to thank you for your love and for the power of your love that is upon and within each of us right now. Whether we are here in this building, whether we are watching this service at Zoom on ho at home, you're, the power of your love is flowing. It is moving. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are filling us now. You are moving. You are touching. You're restoring. You're filling, filling afresh. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your mighty hand at work already in this service and for what you are still going to do. So, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, and we commit all this service to you, Lord. I commit this word to you, Lord. Lord, you know the word that I have prepared, but I ask, Lord, that as I bring this word, it will be your given word, just what you want to be brought forward for the people of this church to hear. May it touch hearts, may it open hearts, may we respond to your word and use it for your glory, Lord. For it's all about you, Lord Jesus. It's all for you. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you, and we give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, the title for the word today is God's People Are Comforted. When I prayed and asked the Lord what he wanted me to speak about today, he gave me one word, and it was Israel. God gave me a heart for Israel quite a few years ago and I have continually prayed for them. Now before I read some scripture, I just want to say that the service that we had last week was quite an incredible service. I think it was a pinnacle service. There was something special about that service. We had the powerful message the gospel message from Pastor Anne. It was really powerful. And then we had that time of surrender, a time of desiring, of desiring more of the Lord and in filling. There truly was a hunger and a thirst last Sunday at that service. There truly, truly was. I believe the Lord last week was doing some shifting, some moving and some aligning, building up. He is positioning us for now, for this time. Our Lord is preparing the way. I truly believe that. We're going to read a piece in scripture in, the more, in Isaiah in a moment about the Lord preparing the way for his people many years ago but he is also doing that here today. So we need to get ready. Amen. Amen, we do. Our Lord gave his all for us, and we too are to give our all for him, to witness and to service. And as we follow God's leading and God's guiding, we must also follow his scripture and do what he calls us to do. Amen. 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 
I'm going to read a piece from Isaiah. I do have a few scriptures today. You're more than welcome to follow in your Bibles or sit and listen. I like to use scripture when I preach because it is the most conf best confirmation you can get, to be honest. <laughs> Praise God for your scripture, Lord. Thank you. And it is entitled, it's Isaiah chapter 40, and I'm reading verses um, 1 to 11. And it is entitled, God's people are comforted. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem. You who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength, lift it up and be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. I'm just jumping over to verses 28 to 31. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. Amen. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, the, the book of Isaiah, I love Isaiah. In chapters 40 to 48, it contains promises of redemption and deliverance from suffering. You know, Israel had nearly given up hope, thinking that God had abandoned them. But the Lord will never, ever abandon his people. The Lord is an everlasting Lord, everlasting God, creator of all. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. 
his understanding is unsearchable. And yes, he gives power to the faint and he increases strength for the weak. And those who wait on the Lord, as we have just read, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and they shall not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I truly believe that this is a word from God for us here today. He wants to tell you. He sees. He knows. He understands. He cares. He is with you. Amen. Amen. When we are weak, we can be strong in him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And the Lord wants to help us in that weakness. Just after Christmas last year, the beginning of this new year, my mum was seriously ill with leukaemia. She had many other health issues starting and arising. And I went to live with my mum to look after her. I was there day and night. I looked after mum for as long as I possibly could until I needed professional help. The pain mum was having was tremendous and we really needed more help. So we prayed and we asked for that help and the Lord sent us that help. Through all the struggles of my mum being so poorly, we prayed to the Lord every day. We said the Lord's Prayer. She loved to say the Lord's Prayer. Even though mum's memory wasn't very good and because of the medication she was starting to have for the pain, she always remembered every word of the Lord's Prayer. It was beautiful. The Lord gave us strength to cope. I prayed and asked for more strength because I needed it. I still wanted to be there for mum. But he gave me that amazing inner strength that can only come from God. And I'm sure you know what I mean. It can only come from God. And it truly did help me physically and mentally. The Lord's presence was so beautiful. He put everything to place, everything in his order. The right people came at the right time and gave the right help. I was initially told that it would take some time for mum to um, be able to go to Marie Curie Hospice. And mum was so desperate. So I prayed and I said, Lord, mum can't wait. She needs to get in now, please. The next day we had a call. We're coming to get your mum. We can take her. Praise God. Thank you. It was. It was just perfect. You know, through our suffering... The Lord is with us always. He is there to comfort us. He is a God of all comfort and he will strengthen you. He will make the way when we see no way. He will always make the way. And yes, as we, many of us here today know, as I'm sure, it is so hard when we do lose our loved ones. Mum went home to be with the Lord in May and the Lord gave me my time with Mum. At her passing, I didn't want her to be on her. I know she wouldn't be on her own. I knew the Lord would be with her, but I actually wanted to be there with my mum. And on the morning when she was to pass, I um, 
I'd been with her late the night before and they told me to go home and get some sleep. They would call me if I was to go in. I never had a call. The Lord gave me rest. He gave me sleep that night. But I knew as soon as I got up in the morning, I was just to get there. Not at the time allocated. I was just to get there, which I did. And as I walked through the door, they said, we were just going to phone you. Your mum's breathing has laboured. So I knew then that that was the time. But it was a beautiful time for me and my mum and the Lord in that room. And the nurses came in and they witnessed the love that was in that room. I know they did. And they were so gracious. They were so lovely. I was praying over mum and I anointed her, prayed scripture. And the nurses were there. And I thought, thank you, Lord. What a lovely witness for them. They cried with me for my mum. And I'd given my mum a little cross when I'd been to Israel a few years ago. I'd bought a wooden cross about so big. And I'd taken that little cross for my mum to hold. And, and she was in the hospice. It was either to hold her on the little table next to her so that she had that cross there with her. And when my mum passed, one of the nurses said, is there anything you'd like me to give to your mum? And I said, yes, the cross. <coughs> and as they crossed her hands, they put the cross in the middle of her hands like that, and she was holding her cross. And to me, that was just so beautiful. And I said, thank you, Lord, but thank you for that nurse that thought to do that. It was beautiful. It really was. God cares. He cares so much. Time has to move on. We miss our loved ones dearly. But the Lord helps us through. And he, ups, he upholds us. I love this scripture in Isaiah 41 verse 10 that says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I can remember thinking, thinking upon that scripture. When times were tough, I used to just put my hand out and I could feel the Lord's hand in my hand. Do that. Do that. It's there. His hand is there for you. It really, really is. And it's so powerful. Take his hand. He's here for you today. If you are struggling in any way, just take his hand. A couple of weeks ago, we were driving to Brixham in Devon to see a couple of friends. We hadn't seen them since before lockdown. I actually did their marriage blessing just before lockdown. And they then moved and we didn't, I haven't seen them since. And we had the opportunity to go and visit this lovely married couple who love the Lord massively. They really do. Now, as we were driving, well, Derek was driving. I was praying, praying quietly to myself, to the Lord, having a lovely time in prayer. And I was praying about something that pastors Arvel and Anne had spoken to me about the day before on the Sunday. And that was about what you asked and said about this morning, about me heading the prayer for the Rock Church. And as I was praying, we were just about to drive over the bridge at Bristol. Don't know if you know the bridge at Bristol, but it's quite a big bridge. <laughs> we were just approaching it, just about to go over. And loud and clear, the Lord said to me, will you come over the bridge with me? 
are you ready? And I thought, oh, wow. And I, I thought, I kind of felt he was beckoning me. He was beckoning me to go forward. Are you ready to come forward with me? Are you ready to move on? Can you do it now? And I felt the Lord was opening the way. Immediately I thought about what I was praying about and heading up the prayer for the Rock Church. To me, this was confirmation that the Lord was saying, come with me, I am opening the way. Come, I will take you. But it also confirmed something else. See, a year ago, last October, I was given a prophetic word from a very dear Christian friend. And it was this. That I am to rediscover something for my destiny. Anointing for prayer and healing for that ministry. And that the Lord is untying me to carry his presence in that ministry. Wow. I didn't need any more confirmation than that. <laughs> that was in October last year. And it was the end of October when you asked me to pray about this. It, yeah, absolutely. God's perfect timing. And that is for each and every one of us here today. It really is. So, of course, I said, yes, Lord. Yes. <laughs> I'm coming over that bridge with you. I'm on my way. <laughs> And as we drove over, I was in my mind, I was running. I was there. I was going. It was, it was quite something, I can assure you. So, so when we say, yes, Lord, and be obedient to what he calls us to do, he will put all the pieces together. Because he has an amazing plan for each and every one of us. He truly, truly has. There are new beginnings. There are new experiences, new visions, stepping out in faith. And when we do, wow, let's wait and see what happens. <laughs> Amen. And I'm sure that we all have our own experiences of how the Lord is speaking to us today. Even right now in this service, the Lord may be saying something to you today. Pray about it. Ask for confirmation. Be bold and go. Because remember, as we've already said, in our weaknesses, we can be strong. I just want to read another scripture to you from Acts. <clears throat> and it's Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. This was my baptism scripture. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness, boldness. Yeah, boldness is a spiritual power and it's already within us because it's the Holy Spirit in us. We already have it. Sometimes we don't feel bold. Many a time we don't feel 
bold and I've prayed and said, Lord, I need more boldness. I need to speak more. I need this. I need that. Well, we already have it. But just have faith. Yeah. Use it <laughs> and go. Right, going back to the book of Isaiah. You know, the book of Isaiah is filled with tremendous promises of God's desire and ability to redeem and to restore his people, which continues now and will continue to the end of time because he will never, ever give up on us. And the Lord wants to redeem and to restore us too, just the same now as he did then. Even though his people walked away from him and his ways, the Lord in his gracious mercy brought his people back to himself and he healed them. The same is for us. If we have walked away, if we feel distant from God, or if we know others who have walked away from the Lord, pray. Pray for them to return to the Lord. Pray them back into God's kingdom, for the Lord is waiting to restore that relationship with them. With God's Holy Spirit power in us, we can accomplish all things. Amen. But we must use what he has already given us. And when we yield to the Holy Spirit and obey his promptings and believe he is working, he will certainly use you. And we will see change. We will see massive change around us. We will see situations turn around and how this world needs a turning around. How this world needs a turning back to God. Amen. Amen. You know, God calls us to intercede for the nations. We are to pray for the nations of the world. It tells us in Isaiah 56 verse 7, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I'm just going to read another piece of Isaiah, Isaiah 62, if you want to have a look. It's Isaiah 62, verses 6 to 12. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. And give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies. And the sons of the foreigner shall not drink your new wine for which you have laboured. But those who have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Those who have brought it together shall drink it in my holy courts. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, take out the stones, lift up a banner for the peoples. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called sought out a city not forsaken. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
we are to lift up a banner of prayer for Israel. The people of Israel so need our prayer and support. We, of course, know that while Israel is under constant attack, but in the end, God's plan for the nation of Israel and for the state of Israel will lead to a world-redeeming conclusion that has already been decided way before the beginning of time. Israel may be surrounded by enemies, but is protected by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God's word tells us we are to be watchmen of prayer. And at this critical time as Christians, we need to stand together and pray for Israel. The only plan that will succeed is God's peace plan. And that plan is through the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Amen. And only when he is invited in and hearts are changed, can Arabs and Jews, Israelis and Palestinians be in peace with one another. Now, our understanding of this conflict and how we should respond must be rooted in the word of God. And what God says matters. And it is God's word that we pray for Jerusalem. Jerusalem means city of peace. And it pleases God that we pray for his beloved city. God's word also says that he will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. There is a warning that has been given. But God promised the land of Israel to Abraham and his descendants as an everlasting possession. God also confirmed the promise through Moses when the children of Israel were ready to enter the promised land. It tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 8. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. This is God's promise and he does not break a promise. His word stands forever. So support for Israel does not mean we believe God loves Jews more than Arabs or Israelis or more than Palestinians. It's not that because we know God loves all. It is simply a recognition that God in his sovereignty chose to give this land to the children of Israel. It is their inheritance. Now, although Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed almost 2,000 years ago and the people were scattered to four corners of the earth, ties to the land have never been broken. Through the centuries of exile, there has always been a Jewish presence in the land. And the restoration of Israel and Jerusalem as her capital has remained central in many hearts, hearts and prayers of the Jewish people. They are to dwell again in this land after God restores them a second time. It tells us this in Isaiah chapter 11. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left. Praise God. Now the restoration of the Jewish people to their land and their regathering from all the nations to which they were scattered is a clear fulfillment of Bible prophecy connected to the last days 
and signals the near return of Yeshua to this earth. So when we understand this and how it all connects to God's plan for the redemption of mankind, then we must pray for Israel and support what the sovereign Lord is calling us to do. He wants his people to return to their God-given land. And as we pray, in doing so, we will be blessed as they are blessed. But best of all, we will please our Heavenly Father by obeying his revealed will that is so close to his heart. I would just like to read Psalm 122 now. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Thank you, Lord. So when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're actually praying for God's plan to be brought to a completion of fullness for both the land and the people of Israel. And that plan ultimately is for the revelation of his son to come into the hearts of Jews and Arabs. So we should pray for those who hate Israel and the Jewish people to bring an end to death and destruction. We should pray that God opens the eyes of world leaders to, to give them understanding of God's word and to stand with Israel. We should pray for Israel's leaders, for wisdom and divine revelation. We should pray for their salvation and for the salvation of all Israel and pray that the day will surely come when they cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We should pray for the Jews that they will accept Jesus as Messiah. We need to pray that their hearts and that their hearts will be open to that truth. Oh Lord, I so pray for that. You know, Jesus considered the Jewish people his family. Jesus said, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, meaning the Jewish people. You did it to me. Jerusalem and the Jewish people belong together. Not only did Messiah, the Messiah die and rise from the dead in Jerusalem, but also he is coming back. He is coming back soon to take up his throne in Jerusalem and reign as a covenant king over his city forever. Amen. This is why Jerusalem is so significant. 
Jerusalem belongs to the Messiah, King of the Jews. Israel belongs to God himself as creator of heaven and earth. But you know, the good news is many Jews are now turning to Christ. Their eyes and their hearts are being opened to the truth. It is estimated that there are over 350,000 Messianic Jews in the world and the numbers are growing and I pray the numbers will continue to grow. Light shining in the darkness. We are called to pray for the lost and we should be praying also for the Jews to return to their homeland. We need to pray for reconciliation. Reconciliation is all about relationships and the whole Bible is about reconciliation. But it is only when people literally become a new creation in the Lord that true and lasting reconciliation is possible. But the Holy Spirit enables us as believers to walk in faith and not by sight, to be controlled by the love of Jesus and to be ambassadors for God's kingdom. In his kingdom, there truly can be unity and love for all people. God remains faithful and declares the day will come that there will be a mighty turning of the Jews back to Christ. And the blindness that has covered their eyes for almost 2,000 years will be lifted. Thank you, Lord. God is on the move. Many Jews are making a liar back to Israel. He is making the impossible possible for their safe return. He truly is. So may we keep them in our prayers and pray for their safety because it is so evident today that God's chosen people are being so persecuted. There is such a hate towards them. We know the darkness of anti-Semitism has been around for many years, but sadly it is arising and getting so much worse. We need to cover them in our prayers for their protection. We are in an exciting time in a prophetic history. It is unfolding before our very eyes as God's end time clock is clicking, yeah, ticks closer, sorry, to the return of the Messiah. Now is the time to arm yourself with a clear and of biblical understanding. We must stand on the word of God, believe on the word of God, and it is likened to a two-edged sword to pierce. God's word is powerful. And may God's word pierce the hearts of men. May hearts be set free in God, restored and renewed in him. God's truth revealed. So let us pray in accordance with God's word to declare it. And as we stand in faith and be used by God to be watchmen for the nation of Israel. As we know, power, prayer is so, so powerful. My goodness, it's so, so powerful. And when we are united and we stand together in that power of prayer, all things can happen. Darkness flees when we pray. Demons tremble when we pray. Heaven moves when we pray. And angels receive assignments when we pray. Israel needs the gospel. The whole world needs the gospel. And whatever evil comes before us, Always remember, we already stand victorious in Jesus Christ because of his work at the cross for us. We already have that victory and we need to claim with it, stand with it and run with it. 
Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Amen. We need to stand with our spiritual armour on, ready. Ready and prepared for what is coming. Wars are arising. So let's stand united in that prayer, holding the sword in our hand, God's word, and claim that victory. You know, prayer is the foundation of the church. Jesus had to suffer and die on the cross to even make it possible for us to approach the throne of grace, to worship and praise, to pray. Prayer places us in contact with Almighty God and therefore we should expect almighty results. Amen? Amen. So let's have faith in God. He can move mountains. He can break the chains that bind. Truly can. Amen, he can. I would like to pray for Israel, if we can all pray for Israel. But just want to share something about faith first. And this really touched me. When we were away in Brixham, we were in the town and we were in the shops going down a street and there was a gentleman begging. I couldn't go past him. I was drawn to him. And I started to talk to him and asked him his name. His name was Stuart, which touched me because our son is called Stuart. And I asked him how long he'd been on the streets, bless him. And he chatted quite the thing, quite openly. He had a wonderful heart. He had a smile on his face. And I said to him, do you have a faith? And he said, yes. I said, I can see it on you. He said, I know Jesus. And he said, I feel that Jesus is using me on the streets <laughs> to touch the others that have nothing. <laughs> this man materialistically has nothing, nothing at all. But he has the love of Jesus in his heart. He has faith in Jesus. And he knew that Jesus in within him and upon him needs to speak to the people on the, the streets. That just broke my heart. That really did. And that to me was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that man. Thank you for his witness. May we too be witnesses like him and go out like that man. We've got everything. We have so much. This man has nothing, but he has everything. He has Jesus. I can remember when I used to go into Birmingham, into the city, we used to go on a prayer team and we used to go out to the, lot, the hurting on the streets and the lost. And we used to give them bags of hope with different items in to help them. And we say, can we pray for you? Yes. Nine times out of ten, the answer was yes. And do you know many of them had faith? Many of them knew the Lord. I know, it's beautiful. The Lord is touching. He is moving. He's on the streets. As we sang about this morning, he's in the streets. He's on the streets. He is with those people. But we need to cover them in prayer to keep them safe from what all is going on around them. So let's pray.